I cannot remember anything that happened on the show last week. Oh, God. Uh-oh. So it's on me. Okay, I'll try and remember it. Um, Ricochet versus Adam Cole for the the shot, the title shot. Or right? Alec. Yeah. We could talk about Deep Space Nine because I've been watching a lot of that. I have not been watching a lot of that. <laughs> no, I've been watching like an anime show about arcade games in the 90s. So. That sounds about the most Alec a TV show could be. Yeah, it's pretty great. I really want to watch Pumping Iron with you. Pumping Iron is a great movie. It is a great movie, and I want to watch it with you. I feel like that would be a cool um, bonus episode for the bonus episodes we don't do. The bonus episodes that maybe you can get if you go to my personal Patreon. Patreon.com slash Undisputed Artist. And give me money. Oh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) Tristan will send you a flash drive, one of those knockoff flash drives with the episode. In the mail. Yeah. You got to cover the postage, though. No, I've I've said before, and I stand by it, if you cannot quote the Arnold Schwarzenegger is always coming monologue verbatim, you are no friend of mine. It's the best part. I don't know. All the times that Arnold Schwarzenegger blatantly cheats to win is also pretty yeah, funny. I love the, the Arnold is number one shirt and he's smoking pot and eating chicken. I love... uh... Yeah, Arnold is numero uno. Somebody posted that photo recently on Twitter, and one of the responses was, I thought that shirt said, Arnold is Umberto Echo. (laughs) (laughs) That would have fit a little bit more with the nature of the documentary, because he's 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 the mind man. He's the mind master. It's not so much what the roll machine does. But what the roll machine symbolizes. They were trying to set up Ferrigno as the bad guy. It did not work at all. But it's funny that that was their plan while they were shooting the footage. They were like, look, he's in the dark and he works out. And and there's no lights on in the basement. And And it just just makes him look more pathetic. Yeah, it just makes him look like the real like underdog. You're like, but he could do it. And he could have done it, but he just didn't do it. And his dad hated him. It was great. It was was an amazing movie. (laughs) I think... I think it would be great addition to what's NXT. We could call it what's what's pumping iron. What's pumping iron? I don't know. Yeah, something. Actually, we could call it what is the pump, and then the entirety of it can be an audio clip of Arnold Schwarzenegger going. The greatest feeling you can get in a gym, or the most satisfying feeling you can get in the gym, is the pump. Let's say you train your biceps. Blood is rushing into your muscles, and that's what we call the pump. Your muscles get a really tight feeling, like your skin is going to explode any minute. You know, it's really tight. It's like somebody blowing air into into your muscle. It just blows up, and it feels different. It feels fantastic. And it gives you the feeling, and it feels like calming. It feels like having sex with a woman and coming. <laughs> I love that he has to explain that. He just says it feels like coming, and then he doubles back. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You know what I mean. Like when you're having sex, or and you're, you just feel really good, and then this thing happens, that's called coming. And when I go to the gym, it's like I'm coming. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, I got to say, the whole thing is great. I have a new appreciation for Lou Ferrigno, and uh, he became a hero to me. Good old Italian boy. <laughs> Bruno San Martino and Lou Ferrigno. Hey, Bruno San Martino's a national treasure. 
He's a national treasure across. I'm not trying nations. to denigrate anybody multiple there. Nations. I'm just saying we can't even we can't even talk about him in the same breath as any other man. And 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 Lou Ferrigno comes close, but no way, no way, not a not a Bruno Sammartino. Okay, well, I clearly there will never be another. How are you doing, Alec? I'm doing. I'm doing okay. I'm. I'm a little. Uh, I'm on my own this week, so I'm about to eat very unhealthily after this because uh, nice. Emily's in Jamaica. Oh, she's I, in Jamaica. Yeah, she's on like a girls' trip for Fun. her friend's uh, birthday. She's getting her groove back. Yeah. Oh uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> No, not like that. It's not like that kind of thing. But it's just, you know, it's, she went on a trip, so now I'm here. And I'm spending the time doing cool stuff like... Pooping. Watching that crazy 45-minute long Tai Chi Naito match. Fucking hilarious. I liked his promo before where he was just playing video games in his apartment like a schmuck. And I was like, I thought you were a dark emperor. What the hell? I love how much... New Japan goes out of its way to go, you're not supposed to take their gimmicks literally. Yeah. Like, WWE, you're supposed to take their gimmicks at least somewhat literally. Like, obviously, Aleister Black isn't an evil wizard, but he's like a metalhead that thinks he's an evil wizard. Whereas evil is like, yes, I'm a dark evil goth, but actually I'm just like a guy. Whatever. Yeah, then his like Instagram photos are him like walking around in a hat. <laughs> they all play video games. They all, yeah. you know, eat cotton candy constantly. They're all of those photos of fucking uh, Okada just eating desserts. Well, but Okada, that's because Okada's a real special guy. He's great. He Good is a special business. boy. He's like a nine-year-old kid. Yeah, he's great. I love him. I'd love to hang I get the feeling I would actually genuinely enjoy hanging out with him. He's like one of the only ones that I really feel like I, I could I could see a little bit of him in real life. He's probably like a fun guy. Get on that boat with him and Rocky and best friends. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. B- meanwhile, like you would think I would I would probably based on gimmick alone, I would love like hanging out with Kenny Omega. We'd play fighting games all day. But you know what I honestly I feel like I'd probably I'd probably grow to get very annoyed with him, like, very quickly. And I think he might get very annoyed with me. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm no treasure chest here, you know. You want a personality match before you want a hobby match. Yeah, versus, like, Okada, I just feel like he could just get along with anybody. He just seems so sweet in real life. And and Minoru Suzuki, as long as he's wearing the trilby and the fancy socks. If well, he's wearing he's the not- tr- if he's Trilby. not kayfabing it, I'd hang out with him. But if he is, he's I'd always kayfabing it. I just think that that towel does something to his brain. Well, then you just have to be—you just have to be respectful to him and and cower in fear anytime anyone else is around, even if you're having a good time. And when you walk into his high-end luxury fashion store, yeah, you well, have to walk up to all of the Hello Kitty merchandise and go, "This is really good." Yeah. I fixed some pants. I did some. I did some other stuff. That's nice. Yeah. You want to ask me how I'm doing? Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, 
I finally am moving forward with putting out my comic book. So that should oh, be... Oh, no shit. Yeah, I'm going to start uh, taking it around to stores to see if it'll they'll sell it in the next month or so. That's I've decided good. that I'm finally going to really make a go of being a professional artist, which means I'm going to become a con artist. Of course. Well, because that's, that's, what... that's all fine arts is, right? Yeah. Like, Well, yes. You're trying to convince somebody that, you know, your thing is worth money. Speaking of which, I have my first example of knockoff bootleg merchandise. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, I saw it. Yeah. I saw it on Twitter. If you go to my Twitter account, twitter.com slash enemy of both, the pinned tweet is a t-shirt that reads, I want to be Rhea Ripley. And it's how I'm dealing with my uh, strange feelings surrounding that amazing, amazing performer. Now, are you, did you, are you doing this in the hopes that she's going to see it and get mad at you and beat you up? Uh, she has already seen it and liked both of the tweets. Oh, nice. Are you going to like put the shirt in her like pro wrestling t-shirt store or something? No. I'm selling it myself. Oh no, I know you'll make the money. I was wondering if like she'd do some sort of like She royalties. hasn't contacted me. She oh, just okay. liked the tweets. Great. Awesome. Well good. So I'm considering that an unofficial sign off. An unofficial endorsement that you can sell the shirt. <laughs> I can keep bootlegging this merchandise until mainstream WWE finds out about it. Right. And then you get a cease and desist. Oh, that's right. She's not even getting merch money anyway. That's true. And then I change it to read, I want to be brutal and do something to obscure the face a little. Yeah. They that's can't good. stop me from selling that shit. That's right. So if you want an I want to be Rhea Ripley t-shirt, go to twitter.com slash enemy of both or one second, one second, one second, one second. Now a real con artist would have memorized this URL. Well, I'm going to cut all this out, you fucking I'm just idiot. saying. Or tristandraws.bigcartel.com. There you go, baby. Hell yeah. Get that t-shirt. Give me money. Yeah, make a make a Pete Dunn shirt. I'll buy it. <laughs> Spell Dunn weird. Yeah. Make it like Peter a- Dune. Yeah, but that's what that's what Kyle O'Reilly used to call him. Do that. Do the Kyle <laughs> O'Reilly pronunciation. Peter Dune. And now yeah. I'm going to say, you want to talk about some wrestling? And then I'll have you say, let's talk about Sabatelli and Moss. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah. Let's get this ball rolling. Okay. So let's talk about uh, Sabatelli and Moss. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you? <laughs> I know that's like my joke. My joke intro to every episode, but I do have something to say about Sabatelli and Moss this time. Tell me what you're going to tell me about Sabatelli and Moss. Where are our big boys? This was just about Moss. Um, so Sabatelli, I guess, really did get let go or something. I don't know. But um, Moss... Uh, that blows my mind. They spent they... so much time on him. Yeah. I don't even understand. He was there like in the old days. I don't get it. But they did the same thing with like Emma, basic training all the way to being a superstar and then just decided, and eh, we're not going to do anything with you anymore. Vince McMahon does not believe in the sunk cost fallacy. <laughs> I guess not. Uh, well, that's good for him because that's, I mean, it is a fallacy, but Moss popped his Achilles tendon or something. 
and now he's back in business. So That's he's nice. been doing dark matches, and they did like a performance center diaries for him on YouTube that I watched, and I was like, oh. That's where he is. That's where our big boy went. It's like, where's Waldo? Where's big boy? Yeah, and I stumbled into it, of course, because sort of cross, cross-referencing cross our previous discussion about pumping iron. He's always coming. Yeah, it's like Otis Dozovich. But I noticed somebody looked familiar, and it was that Eric Bugenhagen. I had seen some of his hilarious, weird weightlifting videos before okay. I knew he was a wrestler, um, where he's just screaming in his basement and yelling and drawing cartoons. And Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think I sent you a video of one of those. Uh, it was pretty great. I have dabbled in watching weightlifting videos, mm-hmm. and he was one of the guys that I had seen before, and I was like, this guy looks so familiar, and he's such a weirdo. And that's where I got the moss, because I was just like watching a bunch of WWE clips. He had a performance diaries, performance oh, okay. center diaries, and then I saw Moss and I was like, oh my boy. Who's that in the background? It's the boy. <laughs> yeah. So I saw so I, I grabbed it and I started watching that. But yeah, no, so Bugenhagen. Let's get back to Bugenhagen. Just keep in mind I'm gonna be biased a little bit in that I may think more or less of him based on my previous knowledge. Eric Bugenhagen. I have a bit for this, if you yeah. want to hear it. Okay. Eric Bugenhagen. <clears throat> Eric Bugenhagen. Um uh, by the way, I'm Tristan Marsh. Oh yeah, I'm Alec Basio. Um, you guys know us by now. Okay, so uh, Eric Bugenhagen. My bit about Eric Bugenhagen, um, because he doesn't come out as Eric Bugenhagen, he comes out as Bugenhagen. So let's start this over. So Bugenhagen, right? Bugenhagen. When he came out, I thought that his gimmick was going to be that he was Johannes Bugenhagen. Uh, the pastor that introduced the Protestant Reformation in the Duchy of Pomerania and Denmark in the 16th century. Is that a good bit? No. Are you Are you sure? Because Alistair Black, he becomes a dark Catholic priest and they could fight. Well, I mean, that's a good... Uh, that's not necessarily a good bit so much as it is a good... Uh, what do you call it? A good, a good feud they could build, but... The thing is, I like that his gimmick was changed during the match. <laughs> how, how was his gimmick changed during the match? Well, he comes out and he's going to fight... Drew Gulak, the man, uh, yeah. the myth, the legend. That's his tagline, right? The no-fly zone he's, guy. He's got a t-shirt that has three arrows all pointing up. Yeah. It says the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. Arrow pointing up, the man. Arrow pointing down, the myth. Arrow pointing up again, the legend. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. It's like in like, a triangle formation. But it's also like, it's like saying that, that you don't yeah, his have dick a dick. Is, his dick is mythical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, Eric Bugenhagen. So Eric Bugenhagen's gimmick started out being psychedelic stoner loser rock guy. Did it like that he stole the uh, the the encore from the once in a century talent? Well, I think that he made up for it by focusing mostly on keyboard and drums, <laughs> which I think even Tanahashi isn't dorky enough to do. But then all of a sudden, his gimmick became, "Oh, by the way, I'm also freakishly strong." 
<laughs> it's like it's all of a sudden he's like going from being a comedy act to a guy who could probably lift Drew Gulak with one hand. Okay. Uh, did you like Eric Bugenhagen? Hmm? Uh I It's interesting because did you like Eric Bugenhagen? I will say did you like Eric Initially Bugenhagen? no. I Hate Eric and he, he won me over. All the more proof that you can't trust the full sale audience. They mm. are not supposed to be a TV audience surrogate. They loved this guy, and he came out and started doing air guitar, and I was like, "Fuck Eric Bugenhagen, fuck yeah. this dude. I don't want to see this dude. He sucks. I want to see Drew Gulak." In a real match with a real dude, this guy fucking sucks. And then he put on a passable match, and I was like, I hope that they take him an Elias route. If he's supposed to be annoying, he is fucking knocking it out of the park, dude. Yeah, I think he is supposed to be absolutely annoying. But they liked him. But they did like him because the thing is, I think that they were shocked by him. <laughs> I mean, I was. Do you remember when they were? They had that guy get jobbed out, and I get, I forget who it was, but it was like had a takeover, or it was right after a takeover in. I, I want to say it was the one in California, and he was like the most California-looking motherfucker in the world. <laughs> yes, I you do. You remember, remember that, that guy with the mustache and the like, the Cheech and Chong hair, and the like, really like he came out yeah. and he was not even fit at all. Like he just had dad bod itis, and like he just looked terrible and it was wasn't he he, a part of a tag team and like uh war raiders had just debuted and they like destroyed yeah it could have been that i mean like whatever it was it was it was this guy and i thought it was that guy for a minute and i was like what the fuck they cussed they 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 fucking flew him out yeah it looked like that guy but if he got jacked and grew two feet so (laughs) i don't know what the hell was going on and I couldn't understand why they liked him. But I think they were just shocked. Because he came out looking like the biggest jobber motherfucker in the universe. <laughs> he did the screech. And you thought, oh, okay, that's it. That's his like, that's his thing to get over. And then he's going to job out to Drew Gulak. But no, then he did a fucking five-minute long weird entrance that they just started loving. He won them over. And in all honesty, I have to give him... The credit, because I think he played the crowd. I think he was just I like, do not have to give him the credit. I fucking hated it. I Well, I didn't like it either, but I just have to say that I think that I understand where he was going with it, and, they, and he won him over. I think he won him over. I think that that is ultimately the difference between being in a live audience and watching something on TV, is that when you're in a live audience, you really just want spectacle. Yeah. You just want to be, like, entertained, capital E entertained, like an old, like, fucking vaudeville stage show, you know? Like, you just want whatever's going to make you happy. But because there are less, like, tangible delights to watching TV, you're more concerned with the story. So he came out, and I was like, I'm glad Drew Gulak is going to rip this motherfucker's arm off. Yeah. It's going to be so good fucking and then try to play air guitar with a broken wrist asshole and then he ended up like actually wrestling a match 
which was insane because they thought he was going to job out instantly. And then Drew Gulak made fun of him anyway, which was a little weird. No, it was perfect. It was so great. I just, I thought it was weird because he was able to pick up Drew Gulak so easily and like slam him around. And then Drew Gulak beats him up and he's like, you give me this joke? And I was like, well, you did get slammed though. Yeah, but Drew Gulak doesn't give a shit about being slammed. I mean, no, I, I understand that because Drew Gulak is He's a technical is master. Awesome. I mean, Drew Gulak is very awesome. And this match really made me feel like I was almost missing out by not watching 205 Live. But I'll never watch 205 Live. Well, we don't have the network anymore. So. Well, it doesn't matter. I, don't, I didn't watch it when we did, and I don't <laughs> think I ever will. We aren't going to go beat by beat for the whole month, but we should talk about the follow-up match. Oh, yeah, with Matt Riddle. Drew Gulak says, you send this fucking joke out here. And then almost immediately we get the bro stinger and just a fucking, you know, technical clinic these two put on. Yeah, it's a real Catchpoint reunion. They did the shake. Catchpoint was always kind of cool to me in theory. I never really watched a lot of uh, that was Evolve, I think, right? Yeah, I never really watched a ton of Evolve. Catchpoint shows up in a couple of other places. It's just the thing that I liked about it was it was a stable that works together, but also wrestles each other all the time. Like they also just, they, they compete with each other all the time. Yeah. And I thought that was like a really cool angle. And it reminded me a little bit of when we watched that, uh, that match with the Zack Sabre Jr. versus Minoru Suzuki in it. Oh yeah. And, like I really enjoy I like enjoy seeing friends like wrestling. Well, each other. and also when he was still in chaos, the very understandable point that Jay White kept making, where he was like, "So Okada's the champion, and that means that I'm just never gonna get a shot at being the champion." This is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. I yeah yeah I I like that. Like and I'll think- help him out, but I'm not going to not wrestle him because I want to be the champion. I think that's a very attractive thing about Catchpoint, and I think that was a very attractive thing about watching them fight, because even if you didn't know the history between them, like they were doing a lot of cool spots, they were doing a lot of cool uh, grappling and getting grappling over with the NXT crowd. I think that Drew Gulak is probably criminally underused by WWE, but Mm -hmm. the fact that he has enough clout around him to show up and prove to people who probably know of Matt Riddle but aren't as as familiar with him that, like, no, this guy really is as well-rounded as we say. Like, yeah. he can kick, he can do power moves, and now we're going to do a fucking, you know, 10-minute match, 15-minute match where it's just, you know, chain wrestling. And the audience was freaking out. And I also liked that, you know, Drew Gulak can't rely on his power, so he's going to chain indefinitely while Matt Riddle every once in a while would be like, a cheeky couple of elbows, maybe one power move. Like, I don't have to just chain wrestle, but that's what this match is about. Yeah, it worked out really good, and it was a very cool match. I I would say it was very cool. We're going to have to see what goes on with Bugenhagen because he's just secured himself. I didn't know he was signed. He's been signed for a long time, and he's been in the Performance Center. And that's what he's coming out with is, I, like, a real statement, to I say know. the least. I'm a dork, but whatever. It's fine. It works. Whatever. I've watched a bunch of his weird fitness videos, so. I'm I, the I, annoying guy from when you went to college who thought that he was being 
fucking outrageous all the time. Yeah. He has that guy's mustache, which is either a nice touch or he just is that guy. Yeah, I can't tell. I saw him do a Jefferson deadlift of like 850 pounds, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> Obviously secured himself at least one more match on TV with that performance because everybody fucking loved him. Twitter loved him, which was another reason that I was like, really, that guy? Come on, man. You can do better. I got a little annoyed with him, but I, I don't think I had that same visceral reaction that you did. But again, I may be a little biased. Um, let's jump around a little bit. Yeah, sure. Uh, so DIY is a thing. <laughs> is that jumping too far? <laughs> the last time we talked, TakeOver Phoenix hadn't happened yet. That's true. And we got to talk about TakeOver Phoenix. This is going to be a half hour of me railing against uh, War Raiders. Tell me your thoughts on War Raiders, because I know you fucking have them. Isn't it cool that you can have like a match? This is just like Eric Bugenhagen. You can have a match where like, hey, man, we got a 15 minute long entrance and then the match is 11. It's like, it's what, what the hell? What? And, and Undisputed Era didn't even get a big entrance. It's like I'm watching this, and be, be, between that and the respect you thing, I was like, these guys are definitely losing. <laughs> and I, I was watching. I was like, look at this. I they got all these motherfuckers you out. I thought that they were losing. How the fuck did you think that they were losing? They got a 15-minute entrance with, like, fucking Vikings came out in completely historical, inaccurate I was. I could not wait to hear Kyle O'Reilly say, all your boys came out to watch you lose. I couldn't wait. I just couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to see it. And I was thinking it. I was marking out because I was just like, this is it. This is when Undisputed Era turns super face because all of a sudden they're stopping the most annoying thing I've ever seen at a takeover <laughs> from happening. But they didn't. And it was disappointing because I hated that entrance. And I don't care what anybody says. Any Game of Thrones loser is going to be like, I love it. They clanked the shields. Get the fuck out of here. That shit was garbage and horrible. Wow, you really disliked it. I hated that entrance. And now they have a really stupid Titantron when they come out with like all the stone walls and like torches and shit. Yeah, that's pretty stupid. Um, I didn't mind the entrance, but the second the entrance ended and then... The Undisputed Era seemingly walked out to no music and just, like, waving at the audience. I was like, oh, these guys are dead. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, it's definitely, looking at it with realism goggles, it, it obviously was, the writing was on the wall. But I just, I, I hated that. You don't, you don't so give much. somebody that big of an entrance and then fucking... But how sick would it have be have them if they lose did? to how Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong? It would have been very funny. Would it have been? It would have been great. We would have been talking about it. This would not have been recorded two weeks after the fact. We would have recorded it a half hour after takeover. We would have been like, "Hey, yo, let's talk about how stupid those guys looked." But I mean, like, they're great. They're great athletes. They're really good wrestlers. Everybody clearly loves them. They have an awesome gimmick of I'm a big fat guy that cartwheels. I'm a smaller fat guy that is strong. It's it's good. It's a good gimmick. Everything is great. And I love them. But please, can we cut the Viking shit out? Because I didn't even think... I, I hate it. I hate it now. I hate it now. This gimmick makes so much more sense in New Japan, where you could even come out with a bunch of fake Vikings, and everybody's like, wow, they really love heavy metal music. 
Yeah. In the WWE, when you have, for instance, Heavy Machinery, who are, like, supposed to be dumb gym guys, you go, are these Vikings? And I don't think they are. I don't think they are. But they pretend to be a bit too much. And it's just confusing. It's, it's, I hate it. I hate it. I hate the Viking gimmick now. I just, I can't stand it. I hated that entrance. I just don't know what to do. They're really good wrestlers. They're great wrestlers. Doesn't matter to me. Which one is the, is the big guy? That's Hanson, Hanson, right? He did that suicide dive that uh, I think Roderick Strong just walked out of the way of, and he completely well, that's took how a bump you beat him. That, wouldn't that have been great? Like that's that's what I'm talking about. You have this big stupid entrance, and then you kill yourself. <laughs> they can do all the moves, and they can take bumps like that that most people don't fucking sign up for. Like. They're they're cool. I just yeah. It was that moment that that undisputed era lost, and I was like, oh, they're never gonna have all four belts at the same time. Yeah, no, I don't know if they will. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So that was that was the low point, I guess, of the whole thing. But there were some high points of Takeover. One of my high points was I fucking loved the women's match. I, I thought it was too. so good. And I saw a bunch of people saying that it was one of the worst matches of the night. Well, I think you need to get onto fighting game Twitter and get off of wrestling Twitter because fighting game Twitter loves Bianca Belair and thinks she's awesome. I mean, you knew this going in. Everybody who listened to last month's episode knows that i'm like marking out over bianca right now because she buys in so much she has these great expressions she just seems like she's genuine and she's freakishly strong so to see that match and to see her get over as much as she did which i think the crowd loved her she got over crazy and i also think that she looked super strong while they maintained the storyline they want with the belt i think a lot of people that on my Twitter were pissed off that she didn't get the belt. And they were like, it's her time. And I was thinking to myself, I don't really think so yet. I saw a bunch of people saying that too. And I get that from a like, we want this amazing black woman to be champion. Oh, I there. get that too. Yeah, and yeah I understand yeah, but... that. Ember didn't get a chance and she should have. She was champion for a while. She was? Before Asuka. No, after Asuka. Oh, after Asuka. No, I, that's what I mean. I mean, like Ember should have got a chance. With Asuka, I think. That would have legitimized her like crazy. I don't know. Whatever. We thought that was going to happen. We'll we'll get to this a little later, but we were all thinking that that was going to be a continuing storyline throughout WWE. And maybe after a couple of years on the main roster, Ember Moon would finally get her win over Asuka. And now they're both irrelevant. Yeah, they don't exist anymore. And it's sad. So they were saying all that stuff. Asuka about- lost to Mandy Rose this week. What? Asuka, you know, the Empress of Tomorrow. Mm. She's 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 still the current SmackDown Women's Champ, but um, she lost to Mandy Rose. So Bianca Belair, um, I can't. I, I, I'm sorry, I can't listen to that. We can't talk about that. We can't talk about that. Um, so Bianca Belair, I don't know. I. I could see why you would want that, but I do feel like there's more to do with Shayna right now. But I definitely want... I want Bianca to get that belt. I want her to get it from Shayna, too. I actually don't want... I don't want any of this Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane. You know, the, 
they'll have their times with the belt. At, and it looks like they're going tag now, which is good. I want it all solidly on Bianca. I want her to win. And I think that they're like tweenering her up now. And I think that they really didn't need to. She was a baby face. And I think she is a baby face. People were saying, oh, she's a heel. She's no definitely way. a baby face now. She's a huge baby face. She's not a heel. You don't get three fire up moments while somebody has a choke on you without being a baby face. Yeah. I am an admitted sad boy, which means that I constantly have emotions that I don't know what to do with. That match, like kind of emotionally affected me like that second or third time she's trying to power out and you kind of know that it's not gonna work but you're like god she just will not fucking quit yeah she won't quit and then afterwards when she told fucking charlie to shut her fucking mouth because charlie was like you lost no i didn't i'm still undefeated that's right yeah you are still undefeated she didn't beat me in my inside yeah and that is the most baby-faced thing to say in the world. If she was really a heel dickheads on the internet, she would have been like, I got a five count on her, and the ref was out. Yeah, yeah, she, or she did would have not been bring like, that her up. Her dumb little friends came in, and I clowned both of them, and I got a five count on her, and, and, and I beat her, and I should really be the champ right now. But she's not saying that. She's saying, I, you didn't break my spirit. I, I kept pushing myself, even when I knew that I was going to lose, because, like... What if it was just that one last try and I could have won? Yeah. Hell yeah. Bianca Belair. She specifically made the match great. I mean, Shayna's going to make any match look great, but I thought she was fantastic. Well, yeah. You you know my feeling about Shayna Baszler. She She's going to make any wrong. match look great. She's like a real old school. People used to do the you can't wrestle chance on her. Well, guess what? Now we have the other horse women, so we get to see what it really looks like when someone you can't wrestle. And so Shayna, <laughs> I knew that would get that is I knew that would get a rise out of you. You say. really you really you really you're you're in their corner. I cannot I cannot get behind them. Not yet. They're gonna they're gonna be fine. They're gonna be fine. I'm, I'm being a dickhead, but like all of those fucking faces that uh, Jessamine Duke makes when she's outside the ring oh are God. just so I know adorable. She could, I know she's, she, she looks like such a shitty kid. I know she could murder me, but I don't know. The combo of the way that her gear is, the way that her face looks, and the way that she moves around, she just kind of looks like a teenager. And I just like, why? Why? Shayna really wrestles like an old school style that's like very slow methodical and then she can pull out the power moves and go quick but like for explosiveness just because she doesn't do that like typical nxt style i think she's great i think she's done a ton for the women's division just being that kind of dominant champ that also wrestles a really slow uh real heel style like she doesn't She'll never look like a face until she when she if she ever turns she's gonna have to change the whole move set I think that she might have a chance if she just decides to be an audience favorite. I don't think that you could necessarily do something to change Shayna Baszler because the thing that works about her is how just completely vicious she is. Yeah. But I think that if you can just accept that, you could probably get the audience behind that. It, kind of in the same way that, like, you know, what are you going to say about Brock Lesnar? Like, I guess he's a heel, but for a while, everybody fucking loved him. I almost think of Shayna Baszler more as, like, a modern kind of, like, Triple H kind of figure. Especially now that she's, like, cheating all the time and has her buddies around. So I think people will end up liking her just because she is so dominant. It's like, oh, you can't win. You can't beat Shayna Baszler. And that'll be, yeah. like, the way they like her. So I... 
I could see that she wouldn't have to change her style if that's how she gets over. But she's over already because everybody she's already hates. over like that. They want to boo you know? her. They want to really like. They want to see her lose, and they're just they're just deflated when she can't lose. And it's great. I really love. Yeah, it. it's re- it's really good. And that match in particular, I thought was really great. It was one of the highlights of the whole show. We had a. Very good couple of matches. Johnny Gargano is the new North American champion. Yeah. After defeating Ricochet, uh, the thing that I want to talk most about this match is their uh, stupid cosplay gear. Yeah, it was fun. I was kind of hoping it would be a more overt Spider-Man versus Venom instead of like a Spider-Man 2099 versus... Black Phoenix. Black Phoenix, yeah. But you know, X Men versus Spider Man. That's fine. Yeah, it I, works. I think I think that it actually wasn't uh, twenty ninety nine. It looked like a twenty ninety nine, maybe like a Scarlet Spider. It was uh, Miles Morales's gear. Oh, was it Ultimates, okay? Which makes sense considering you know Miles. Yeah, the Spider Verse movie is out now and it's very popular and cool. Good gear, good match. I don't know. I thought it didn't fit that great. What do you mean? With the top. I thought that the top could have fit better. Oh, you mean the jacket? Yeah, yeah. the jacket. Eh. I, but, but you know, when he took it off, it was great. I mean, like, the whole... I mean, they look great. Uh, Johnny really fucking has somebody killing it on those vests. Yeah. And for some reason, uh, Ricochet brought in, like, a zoot suit top to his tailor and was like, make a Spider-Man costume out of this. Yeah, it, it was a little tough, but it was a good concept. But and once he took the jacket off, it was good. Yeah, no, it was great without the jacket. They also have a good match because... Yeah, it was a great match. They're both amazing wrestlers, and there's a very clear story, which is Johnny Gargano has one last shred of goodness in him that, by the end of the match, is gone. Hooray! Except, is it? Because, watch, he's going to show up and be like, I did it for you guys! I'm killing this puppy for you, and they're gonna cheer and just love him as he as he slowly drops the bag of kittens into the tub. They pass around the communal chalice and fill it with their own blood so he can drink it. It's like, what the hell is wrong with these people? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with these people? I feel like I'm turning into Nigel McGuinness, but I understand what Spanish words mean. Johnny Gargano, what are you doing to me? I love that he just he he just ended up winning and coming out later and being like, Champa, I got the belt now. And he's just like for this whole like DIY tease has been so fun because I've been wondering like, is it gonna be evil DIY? The idea of them both with the belts and the idea that they might get the tag belts or something because they'd be a tag team again and then have all the belts. We did this We did this last month. But I just, I'm so thrilled at the prospect that our booking is just so spot on. It's the thing, Tristan, that everybody's been talking about as being so great on NXT. So we are really good wrestling bookers because we booked this all. That's true. Except for a couple of people that I uh, follow who say that it's too on the nose and boring. It's very on the nose. Considering, considering we've called every single beat, I can understand why that would be the case, but I think that you and I have made it a fun game of calling the beats. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's boring, but I definitely think it's on the nose, to a fault. <laughs> it's like when uh, you do crosswords for a while, 
and you start to learn an editor's clues that they use all the time. Yeah. And instead of finding that annoying, you're like, oh, good. I know how to fill this in quicker. Yeah. You just, you see like the first two words of four down and you just fill in the word without even, (laughs) you you don't even have to read the whole clue. (laughs) Yeah. It's, that's what this is basically. And then Tommaso Ciampa versus Alistair Black. I got to say right now, I don't remember a lot of this match. The match was the story of the match was Black's leg got fucked up. The end, he was about to black mass him and he just stopped and put his leg down because his other leg hurt too bad. And it was pretty fun. I mean, it made a lot of sense. It was good, but I just thought it was so fun. I think it was supposed to be his knee giving away, not not him just stopping and going like, ooh, owie. It kind of looked like he just put his other leg down, like mid kick, though. It kind of just looked like he just stood back up and he was just like, oof. Yeah, he he probably should have just completely flopped over. Yeah, but then he couldn't have gotten finished. Then he wouldn't have got hit by a finisher. So I understand why he did it. It makes perfect sense. I'm not going to tell these amazing performers how to do their job. No, they're doing it better than we ever could. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, but uh, I will say that that was the story of the match, and I did like it. I liked that it made Champa look like he's still got a lot of tricks and nastiness up his sleeve. I like that he looked a lot cleaner, too. I don't recall any cheating i'm sure he tried to hit him with a belt or something i'm sure he tried to cheat i feel like nothing solidly went off it wasn't like the smoking gun of johnny gargano pile driving ricochet onto a onto the concrete floor pretty sure black tweaked his own leg to start it when he was like jumping out of the ring too so it was like a very <laughs> i don't know i I, li- I like the match you know what match did have a definitive moment go ahead matt riddle versus cassius ono do you remember the moment I'm talking about? Yes. The toe jam moment. <laughs> Cassius Ono. Cassius Ono plays Minoru Suzuki with feet. Uh, it's more of an Izuka. Well, right? he started off Minoru Suzuki and worked into Izuka. I did <laughs> like that he put his fingers between the toes and started like twisting around at some point. And I was like, that doesn't, there's no way that does anything. <laughs> I like how. It looked like he was about to cry as he was trying to eat Matt Riddle's foot. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. The moment of realization that this is what it's all come to. Like, am I going to bite this guy's foot? I guess I am. God damn it. Do we want to do an over-under on, like, the odds, 50% odds, of this being a spot in some other Matt Riddle match when he was on the Indies? <laughs> like, uh, like, like, I'm going to go... It's 100% that this happened before to him. I'm going to go, it's a 60% chance that Cassius Ono was the one that did it to him in a previous match. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do that spot we did in Detroit. I don't know why that would be a memorable spot, though. Just biting somebody's foot. Yeah, that's not memorable at all. There's no (laughs) way people are still fucking talking about it now. This whole time, Cassius Ono has been like, I'm just as good, if not better, than Matt Riddle. I'm a, a a consummate professional wrestler. Yeah. And not only is he going to cheat, with Keith Lee, he punched him in the dick. And that is cheating, but in the history of professional wrestling, that is as respectable a way to cheat as you can get. I agree. Who the fuck bites somebody on their toe? Like, what is that? What's that supposed to accomplish? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think anything. Uh, it wasn't a submission hold. I mean, if he tapped to that, that would be hilarious. It wouldn't be a takeover match. 
It's definitely a takeover spot, though, right? Like, that's the thing you want everybody to see and remember. I think the thing that I liked the most about it is that Matt Riddle then didn't really sell. He wasn't favoring that foot. Like, oh, he bit me in the foot, and now, like, I can't put my put my weight on it. Yeah. Which kind of just sold it again as a desperate coward's move that did nothing. Yeah, well, because it almost makes sense in a way because it's not even like he's busted his foot up. It's like he bit his foot. It's like, imagine you get, like, a cut on your hand. You're still going to use that hand if you need to. It's not It's not incapacitating your hand. It's just going to yeah, hurt. Yeah, it might sting a lot. Yeah, little. it's going to sting a lot. Like, it's just, just some guy bit your foot. It's going to sting, but it's not like you can't use it anymore. I've been watching uh, a lot of Deep Space Nine recently. Yeah. Feels like a real Ferengi move, you know? Well, they got the teeth for it. That's that's the one thing I remember about those guys. The idea that you would do that to try to win and it would just piss off your opponent but not actually accomplish anything. Yeah, well, they're so used to fighting other Ferengi where you just bite them on the ear and it's over. Or use those cool laser whips. Uh, yeah, remember that's that? true, too. I remember that the first season. They don't have those on Deep Space Nine, do they? They got rid of those like halfway through Next Generation, I think, right? Oh, way before halfway through Next Generation. <laughs> yeah, they were just like, oh, this is a stupid thing. By the third season, they just had guns. Sucks. Sucks, man. Bring back the laser whip. Yeah, man. Bring back laser whips. Also, make Cassius Ono's new thing that he'll bite you in the foot. Yeah, I don't know. I think that only works on Matt Riddle. But I think, you know what I do like? I like the I would like the idea of everybody that fights Matt Riddle now tries to bite his foot. <laughs> they're just like, wear shoes, my bro. The whole thing, they, there's a heel stable just designed to get him to wear shoes. That's their whole purpose. And they could call it Foot Locker. The heels stable. The heel stable, yeah. That's pretty good. I like that. Their logo is like a uh, stiletto heel. Every week, they do something else to like trash him. Like they buy him a ticket to a sandals resort. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> One week, they can come out dressed all as uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes. The game is say, a foot. The game is a foot. Yeah, I love it. And then, and then they point at Matt Riddle's feet. Your foot. Get it? Yeah. And then they a step foot. on his foot. <laughs> yeah, it's great. You know what? Honestly, I like it. Let's make it happen. Let's put Dark Candace in there. <laughs> <laughs> to bring back Chris's question from last month, that's how you take him heel. You have him come out in shoes, like wingtips. Actually, that is definitely true. Did you watch that video I sent you of him, like his like promo versus that like oh, yeah. Defy champion or whatever it was? Was it like David Starr or somebody? Yeah, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, And he was doing almost what we were saying, but the problem was he still kind of sounded like a face. <laughs> like, I think we actually fucked up. I don't think he could actually turn him. <laughs> That's what I was saying from the beginning. He's just too nice a yeah, guy. Yeah, I don't know. Because he like even was like he was coming in. He was like, yeah, I'm just the best. I'm just the number one champ, man. It's just the best. Been wrestling for about two years now. And in that two years, I've done more than... Most people do in a lifetime. I'm flying all around the world. Unlike most people, when I fly to an event for the first time, I don't open up the show. 
I made it back to the show. I'm fighting for the belts. I'm already being told I'm a goat, which I was told is the greatest of all time, best of all time, a boat. Do they call it a boat? I don't know. Everywhere I go, I'm winning belts. I'm winning tournaments. I'm beating the top guys in every company. And even when I'm mean and nasty and cheat, the crowd still chant, bro, 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 and go crazy for me. Fuck you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm really good at this. Fuck all you. Yeah, here, watch. Let, let me break all your arms. Yeah, it's, I don't know. But that's probably how you do it. I guess you get everybody to bite his feet. Maybe Cassius Ono <laughs> gets, like, a disease. And that's how you turn Cassius Matt Ono gets a mouth disease. Yeah, that's how, that's how you get Matt Riddle heal. <laughs> he gave someone a disease from biting on his foot. So that was TakeOver. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Chris... Oh, we got follow-up? We got a new email. Damn, all right, Chris. He said, did you guys watch Halftime Heat? And then said some stuff about Halftime Heat. And I'm going to speak for Alec and say, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. I, I kind of wanted to, but then I was like, hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's all NXT, guys. I should watch it. I mean, we should watch it. I guess. It's probably I fun. I mean, it's got like Dream and Adam Cole and There's so much going on and I just want to I love wrestling, but sometimes I don't want to watch wrestling. Do you understand? Yeah, I get you. In 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 typical what's NXT fashion, Chris, in a month or two I'll watch it and then I'll I'll talk about it. Cuz cuz you know how it is. We, we we're always late. One of us will diverge us from what's actually important to talk about halftime heat for 15 minutes and basically end up saying, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, and then we'll get in an argument about Sonata's beard on a fucking NXT podcast. <laughs> that was important. Yeah. Okay, so now that we've talked about TakeOver, let's talk about the fallout to TakeOver. Okay. Were you cool. waiting for me to say okay, or were you... I mean, are we talking about Sabatelli and Moss yet? Or oh, we we did that already. <laughs> didn't wait? Didn't the Street Profits have a match at Takeover, or did they have a post Takeover match where they came out dressed like Harlem Heat? Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Against and, Forgotten uh, Sons. That's why we don't know. <laughs> that's why we stopped oh, talking right. about it. <laughs> we literally that's, forgot we about it. We literally forgot them, guys. The gimmick is real. The only thing that I wanted to say about that was. Um, Dawkins showing off them titties. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only thing in the match. Dawkins showing off them titties. Yeah, Dawkins and Ford looked pretty good. And then there were, I think there were, there were shadow boxing or something. I don't know. Yeah, I got up and I got a plate of food, so. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know what's going on. Um, I'll pick something cool. You pick something cool. And then we're done. Humberto Carrillo. He got a new guy. With a big floppy afro haircut. And I love it. Humberto's getting pushed as a big guy now. And I love that. Because I actually think he is a big guy. I love it. Humberto is fucking awesome. He's incredible. And that guy... Oh, what the hell was the guy's name? State. It was like a lady's name. But it was a guy's name that could be a lady's name. Stace? Stacy Irvin. Stacy Irvin. I was going to say Stacy, And I was like, that's a real big risk. Because I'm not 100% on that. But Stacy Irvin. He was great too. I actually really liked him a lot. And it was so cool to see, like, 
a lot out of them. I thought that was really great. Yeah. I thought that was um, really great. I, I'm sad because, you know, who got left out is my boy, Raul. I don't know what's going I, on with that, especially considering uh, Umberto is apparently popping up a lot on 205 Live. I mean, yeah. more power to him. I do I do kind of miss Raul Mendoza. And then longtime listeners of the podcast know that I'm a big fan of his all the way back. We both love Raul. Rose but man. I was always on him. I loved him. I favored him over Cesar Bononi. I favored him all the time. I just hope that he comes back. Look, Humberto can make it. Although, Humberto is really... Holy shit. I think he outclassed Johnny Gargano in that match. I watched that match again. I was like, wow. <laughs> he looked way better. Let's talk about Johnny. Let's talk about Johnny. Let's talk about Humberto. Um, let's also talk about... Champa mm-hmm. and Black and Ricochet because there's been another group of call-ups. Yeah, but is it real? It seems to be real because they also showed up on SmackDown. But is it real? What do you mean, is it real? Because here's the... Di- are you saying that they're just working us? That these guys are going to go back to NXT? I mean, they both have to defend their belts. Dream has to take the belt off of Johnny because Dream is the best. Yeah. And Champa has to keep his belt for a million years because he's so fucking cut up. I mean, who the hell can okay. challenge Champa for that belt? Who's as cut up as Champa right now? Except Dijakovic. By the way, Dijakovic. And by the way, I do want to give some props to him. I'm not a, normally a moves guy, but holy shit, that fucking like corkscrew, whatever the fuck he did off of. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, to the outside. Holy shit, right? Yeah, that was that crazy. That was awesome. Hey, yo, give him his old name back, guys. You're holding him down. <laughs> we should preface this by saying neither of us watched the main roster. Right. I right? actually didn't watch the episode that we're talking about. I only read about it. I've read about it and watched a couple of videos, and I've seen some of the videos of like the best of the matches you know those like two minute clips that they put up yeah on youtube raw happens and there's gonna be some nxt people on the show ricochet gargano champa black yeah the top guys right now first of all they decide to do this in like what south carolina or something so nobody responds to them which is awesome right good going because they don't know. Because they because because people don't actually watch. Like that's the thing that's crazy. We're doing a podcast about this. We never have to worry about another podcast coming along and doing what's NXT because people don't watch NXT. It's very weird. Which is why, presumably, they're asking us what's NXT. Yeah, we still haven't answered it. Well, you have any any new ideas? Well, it's definitely going to change if these guys are really leaving. I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think they're going to go back and forth. I think it's going to be just like that thing I said. I liked some of it, but some of it seemed like they jumped the gun on Gargano and Ciampa being a tag team again. Yeah, there was no build to it at all, other than like that little thing. And then Johnny was even saying like, I didn't need you. They showed up as a tag team. I did like that, thankfully, the revival is finally being given something to do. So they're the new champs. They're just giving us NXT matches. Mm-hmm. That's fun. I forget who Ricochet fought, but he put on a good match. You know, Black did his thing. But it was just confusing. 
Oh, is this real? This can't be real. Yeah. But then on SmackDown, apparently they do the Gargano Champa tag team thing again. On the main roster, they are a tag team. Huh. And they beat the bar. Well, everybody beats the bar. Something happened with Ricochet. Black put on a great match with Andrade Cien Almas, but then he won. Which sucks because... Now Andrade's like 0-2 against Black. They were just giving Andrade something to do yeah. with with Rey Mysterio. I had been catching some of those best of clips. It was almost making me want to start watching, at the very least, SmackDown again. In the same way that when Asuka won the belt, I was like, oh, that actually makes me want to watch SmackDown. But now she's losing to fucking Mandy Rose. Why do you have to bring that up again? I'm just going to... See how how many times it takes me mentioning that before your brain starts, like, actually blocking it. I don't. I. Uh, uh, so anyway, those are the matches. Whenever whenever I talk about Asuka losing to Mandy Rose, Alec hears the teacher from Peanuts. I, I hear a, a sharp ringing in my ears. It hurts. <laughs> I I don't know. I I don't know. So that is very weird, but they put them on both main roster shows. And they still gave him more to do than EC3 in like three months' time. That's what they've been doing with EC3 and Lacey Evans and Heavy Machinery, because they don't know where the fuck those people are going to end up yet. Yeah, but they don't actually give them matches. They just walk out and they walk away, right? (sighs) Not to be the kind of person that says I told you so. Well, I probably agreed with you. No, you did not, because a couple months ago... Oh, EC3? No. Now, hold on. This is not actually booking EC3 at all. They're doing nothing with EC3. Exactly. But the thing is... What did I say they were going to do? We didn't... Nothing with EC3. The discussion was not about what they were going to do. The discussion is, can he be a top guy or not? That was what Chris asked. The question that Chris sent us was... Don't you think he should go to the main roster? Is no, it better on the main roster? I, is he better on the main? Yes, and I still think yes. I still stand by what I said. So he's better doing nothing. Not this. Than I'm something. saying he would be better on the main roster if they booked him at all to do anything. But they're not booking him at all. He doesn't even get to talk now, right? Like he hasn't given a promo yet. Yeah, he's just weirdly but looked I think at himself he's, in the I, mirror. The idea, didn't he say that he's like a main roster guy? That's what he thinks of him? And I think of him he as said, a main roster guy. He said, guy. isn't EC3 better suited to the main yes, roster? And, and I said, is. no. No, he isn't. And this is proving why. Because they're always going to have bigger guys to put on instead of EC3. He's never going to get oh, the time to on. shine. He's big like Lashley, but he can talk. He can beat the shit out of Lashley. Just put him out with Lashley. Except they're never going to do that because they, they already they know about but, Lashley. But you see, you can't be like, you can't come up to me and like show me a big giant fucking flank steak and then say, do you think this is going to be good to eat or not? And I'll say yes. And then you just never cook it and throw it in the trash and then say, see, I was right. It wasn't going to be good. That's not what I mean. I mean, it was good. Except that my whole point was... Was but that's but that's but we the were talking chef about that's going to cook it is like just got hit in the head with a hammer. When I was talking, it. I was talking about a theoretical situation where he was on the main roster and actually was part of the fucking show. And and every single person who books and runs the main roster is different. 
Yes, but the thing is, that's not the main roster. But but the idea is, does he fit with the character and the attitude? You go of to like war with the Booker you have, the the, not the Booker you want. But I think the question was, does he fit with a character and the attitude of a show like Raw or SmackDown versus a character and an attitude of a show like NXT? And I think he fits better like that. I could see him in like the Attitude Era or like the what do you call it? Um the ruthless aggression error or whatever being really big, but on the main roster. I think that he is never going to get a chance. I, to shine no, I'm agreeing with you. I don't think he's going to get a chance to shine, but I think that if he was given a chance to shine, he'd be great on that roster, but he's never going to get a chance to shine. So don't put him on that roster. Keep him where it's safe at NXT. Uh, I get where you're saying. But I that that was not the question I was answering. So anyway, <sighs> whatever. Now that these new people have completely overshadowed some performers that we love, who are never going to get to see the light of day. Yeah, and Lacey Evans. Ha ha ha. Goodbye, fucking Nikki Cross. Goodbye, Heavy Machinery. Yeah, no, I know because we already have new NXT people. Except that, how is that going to work? Because they have to go back and defend their fucking belts. Yeah. There are two people lined up to fight for the North American Championship. Ricochet has a title shot, and Dream has a title shot at the same belt. Because Ricochet beat Adam Cole last week. I think that this was a sudden call-up. You think it was that? Like an emergency call-up? I think that it might be. And I think that they're going to do what they did with Ruby Riot and the Riot Squad and all of those people, which is... Shove them in a faction together? Basically, between now and April, they're going to do double duty. And wrap things up on NXT. A quick wrap-up. Because, not that I love fucking reading the dirt sheets, I don't think either one of us is like a big dirt sheet reader. I don't read them. I go out of my way to avoid them. I don't try to be a super, like, smarky guy. Yeah. I saw some people talking about there might have been some reshoots at Full Sail. Really? And I saw some people talking about some of the people at NXT didn't know that they were going to the main roster. And the people on the main roster hadn't been told that these guys were showing up. So, maybe, Hmm. you know, there's always the chance in wrestling that we're just being worked, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not so presumptuous to be like, I know what's going on. Unless it's specifically with the Ciampa Gargano storyline. Well, because that's just so... I mean, that's we're writing that one. You got to remember, guys, we're the ones writing that one. I love those uh, $50 checks that they send us every month. Yeah. You're getting 50? I'm getting 28. Oh, uh, you got to fucking negotiate better. Shit. Well, maybe it's just the amount of taxes I'm having taken out. Unionize podcast smarts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll bankrupt the nation. <laughs> uh, we probably would. There have been some pretty like seismic shifts in the wrestling world recently. And oh my god, I, is this a knee jerk reaction to AEW? Do you think that's what this is? I think it could. Be. Holy shit! I didn't even think that they would do something so stupid like that. It, there's no way that this knee jerk. This is not going to get people. You've except that uh. Alec. The one thing that can be said about this 
is when I'm watching those clips of the matches they're putting on, granted, the commentary is still absolute dog shit. Yeah, they have no Nigel. But they were kind of doing NXT indie-style matches. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not surprised that they would be. It was a completely different flavor to what I expect from the main roster. I don't know. I, I don't think it'll work for them, though. I, I think that the guys... I don't think it's going to work. I think that the guys they're trying to win over I are never said it was going to work. going to watch AEW. I never said it was going to work. Uh, it's not, yeah. No, no, I understand. It's like it didn't even occur to me until you were bringing it up. I was like, this is their fucking knee-jerk shit? Like, that's what they're doing? Like, they're going to look like dumbed up? Like, they're actually scared of this? AEW is, like, putting people of color and trans people and queer people in, like, big prominent positions on their cards. Well, fuck all that. Don't you know that they have Mr. Ass booking for them? But also... (laughs) (laughs) You should have seen. Guys, I wish you could have (laughs) seen. I got to say, I wasn't looking forward to AEW. I was kind of like, uh, another thing, whatever. Especially the the Kenny Omega, Young Bucks part of that whole crew, I'm kind of over. Yeah. But they do the unveiling of who's going to be on their card at Double or Nothing. And it's like fucking Sunny Kiss and all of these amazing women's wrestlers Aja Kong. Yeah, Aja Kong is going to fucking fight. Like, who gives a shit? (laughs) Like, everything else is great, but it's icing on the Aja Kong cake. That's insane. That's insane. I love that. I can't wait to see that. One of the things that they said that a bunch of people were like, "I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, was that they were going to try to be more progressive with who they booked oh they're definitely doing it yeah it seems like they're fucking actually pulling through on that promise which is awesome and i can understand that actually scaring some people in the wwe because i don't think that they're gonna put a fucking trans wrestler on the wwe as sad as that is but i do think having one of their competitors having a queer person or a trans person wrestling for them would probably make them go, maybe we should at least diversify our wrestling style. Let's push Sonya Deville. I mean, that's like, let's, they'll do that. Let's push, let's push Sonya Deville. Yeah, no, we, cool. I mean, honestly, you should because Except she's fun. that Sonya Deville's best friend is, of course, Mandy Rose, who just beat Asuka, God, ah, the SmackDown Women's that? Champion. Ow. What is, th- ah, is that me or you? Is there feedback on this shit? Ah. So yeah, I, I I'm sorry. I I kind of dominated that. No, no, you know what? You're right to do so. I I I. It's because I hadn't thought of it that way, and I think. Can can you can you give the uh uh rebuttal of this is all a work and they're going to uh turn it into a big invasion storyline? The more that I'm thinking about it, the less I believe myself because the only rebuttal I have makes sense, like from a booking point of view, and respects the belts and titles. So. Probably it's not going to get done. So You know, that thing that they do on the main yeah, roster. Yeah, like how I can theory craft that EC3 is going to be a great main roster guy and it's just not going to happen, but I'm not surprised. You know, like how 
the SmackDown's women's champion surely wouldn't lose to Mandy Rose. I don't even know who the SmackDown women's champion is right now. Who's that? It's Asuka. Ow, what the hell? Ah, god damn it. What's going on here? <laughs> but anyhow, it's just, it's, it's, okay, so obviously the logic, the respect the belt's logic of this thing is everybody in that, everybody that got called up has a title shot or a belt. So you either, did they show up with the belts? Yeah. Okay. They showed up with the belts. So you're either like validating the belts and having the belts move around to different shows or you're going to, which to be fair is what Kevin Owens did the first time he showed up. I mean, that would be pretty cool actually. You're, or you're going to move the belts off of these guys and you're going to exhaust all their title shots over three weeks of TV, which would be insane, but I'm sure they could do it. I mean, the upside to that is we'll have Dream as North American champion. We can get some uh, scalped tickets for uh, WrestleMania TakeOver. Yeah. See the Dream defend his championship. Yeah, I mean, that would be fun. So that's if they move it off, and then there's the whole, the other option of they just go back to NXT, and this is just like a fun little excursion that they do every once in a while, which I think would make the most sense. But again, it's Best not case happen. scenario is this is an excursion. I think that it could get people on the main roster to like who watch the main roster to care about NXT. Yeah. Especially if the reason these guys go back to NXT is because they choose not to be on the main roster. That would be a very fun storyline where they could be like, fuck the main roster. This seems like a lot of work and no glory. I want to go back to NXT. I work, you know, not 350 days out of the year. And also, I put on fucking amazing And then every once in a while, they come back to like Raw or SmackDown because somebody calls them out. They're like, these guys thought they could walk away from Raw. Raw's the shit. And they come out and they're like, no, it isn't. And that would be fun. Yeah. But that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. I mean, like, let's be really realistic here. The worst case scenario, which is probably what is going to happen, is they all lose their belts and title shots over the course of like a month. That would be insane. It would feel like they're gutting the entire show. Uh, I mean, we haven't seen Ricochet fight half the motherfuckers he could fight. And yeah. he's right now like the hottest guy on that show. The second you recognize the pattern, the pattern seems to speed up. Yeah, because by the time you see it, it's already too late. It's a real reinforcing of the pattern where you then look at somebody like Keith Lee and Matt Riddle and go, so what, is he going to only be here for like three fucking months? Yeah. Matt Riddle, yeah. Matt Riddle, yeah. Keith Lee, maybe not. Keith Lee might stay Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle might literally already be like halfway through his NXT career. Three quarters. Which we don't is even know. Insane. He's had like seven matches. And it might be over for him. Hopefully that's not the no, case. No, hopefully not. Keith Lee might turn into the next Cassius Ono. Because he's like a big fat guy and they're gonna be like, well it doesn't matter that he does flips and sentons and like I liked that he knocked over Cassius Ono and then uh the Street Profits came out and made fun of yeah. him. Yeah, no that was a lot of fun. That was a great moment. It was very fun. You remember when uh, when they laid down next to him and like shook like they were having a seizure? Yeah, it was very disrespectful. <laughs> it was extremely disrespectful. 
This is you. You're having a seizure right now because somebody hit you in the head. I hope that Montez Ford, after getting up after doing that, looked at Keith Lee and said, watch your back. That's going to be you in a year. (laughs) Because that, I mean, let's, guys, we love NXT. We make a podcast about NXT. But let's not forget the guys who own NXT. It's WWE, all right? Like, let's be realistic here. Who the fuck are you laughing at, fat man? Yeah, you're next. I don't know. I don't know. So we'll find out soon. I mean, like, when's the next takeover? Uh, it's before before WrestleMania, right? Yeah. So it's like April April 7th or something? So that's, like, by then, everything has to be wrapped up? That's pretty bad. Uh, that's pretty bad, yeah. We're not even going to get, like, a real DIY revival. We already got spoiled on that. Like, we're never going to get a real reunion. I got to say, that is the thing that pisses me off the most. Even though we didn't watch it, I think that, what, they tagged together for halftime heat. They they Like, they've tagged together a couple of times, but every time it's felt like they're tagging with a couple of other yeah, people. Other they guys. kind of don't want to be around each other, but they're, like, both definitively heels now. So, like, okay, we're on the same side, I guess. They were kind of easing us into that they're back together bath. Uh, while still having Johnny Gargano say, I'm never going to team with you, even though he's been doing it all the time recently. Yeah. But, like, it was a fun storyline. And then to have them just go, like, oh, but when they go to the main roster, they're tag team. Makes me feel like this has to be some deranged idea from Vince because Vince would go, weren't they a tag team? Make them a tag team again. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I just, it's it's a little upsetting to think that it's all going to be over. Get me my beef wrap. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little bit upsetting to think that it's all going to be over. Uh, and that, like, what are we going to have left on NXT? Like that, I mean, thankfully, we'll have Bianca still. We'll have, um, I guess, War Raiders now. I mean, like, who who's going to be around? Who's going to be left? Matt Riddle. The one ray of hope, true ray of hope, is the last episode ended with all four Undisputed Era guys standing over Ricochet. None of them were called up. That's so, true. baby... Undisputed Era just keeps on going. Yeah, maybe they will have all the belts just because everybody else will leave. Standing in an abandoned room. I was going to say, oh, we also have like the Dakota Kai storyline with Shayna never finished. But guess what? Dakota's like on NXT UK now. Oh, yeah? I think she is. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, I... Sorry to see you go, Dakota. Yeah. I guess she's got to fight Rhea Ripley now. Oh, man. Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Rhea Ripley's going to be able to just torment the shit out of Dakota Kai. It'll be great. It's a match made in heaven. Rhea Ripley is great. Yeah. Get your I want to be Rhea Ripley t-shirt at twitter.com slash Emmy of both. It's pinned at the top. Yeah. Or at tristandraws.bigcartel.com. There you go, guys. Uh, so, yeah, this episode, uh, it's it's probably going to end with the minor chord theme. We're ending on a kind of down note. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, you can imagine as the credits roll, there's like, uh, you know, just a, a, a kind of still shot of like an autumn day as as uh, dried leaves fall from the trees. It's very melancholy. We don't know what what the next episode is going to bring. 
Hopefully not Eric Bugen. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Yeah, that was good. This has been What's NXT. I've been Tristan Marsh. I've been You can contact us at whatsnxtpod at gmail.com. Or you can contact me at twitter.com slash enemy of both. I'm at VF Harpoon. Er. And <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. Don't worry. I'm just doing that to piss you off. It doesn't even piss me off. Nothing you could say pisses me off. This week, SmackDown Women's Champion Asuka lost to Mandy Rose. Oh, my God. I think I'm going to have to stop recording because this is just there's something in my... I can't stop hearing this sound. It's like every once in a while, it just comes in. It's piercing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is that blood? <laughs> oh, we've got to cut. we got to cut. Wait, we didn't do the What's NXT. <laughs> uh, you know what? For old time's sake. Tune back next month to find out what's next. What's NXT. I'm just doing that to piss you off. It doesn't even piss me off. Nothing you could say pisses me off. Okay. That was a cue for you to say. Brock Lesnar is a bad wrestler. That's so stupid. That's not even true. How could that piss me off? I said that was a cue for you to say the the Oscar thing again, but whatever. It's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. (laughs) Can we do take two? Yeah, go for it. Looking pretty good. No, baby. I just got a little pump on. Look at that. Yeah. We're two losers. (laughs) We don't have... We're not... Losers. Huge, throbbing dorks. (laughs) How great is it? At the gym, I am coming. On the podcast, I am coming. Every time I am doing a curl. (laughs) 